14. Yes, I did my research, episode 14. Of, uh, take your pick. Me and Parker are back at it again, but we have a special third guest for today. It is one of Parker's friends, sports journalist major at Indiana, Jack Ankeny. Again, is that right? Yep, you got it. Awesome. Well, we got him as a third guy on the show today. A little different, but... He knows his stuff, don't worry. Yeah, he, he might know more than me and Parker. A lot <laughs> of things, but hey, I, I embrace it. I like it a lot, actually. Cool. Always but, uh, mind. Yeah, thank you. Ankeny, thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, Ankeny, as I said, he does broadcasting for Indiana Sports. Um, but we're going to go into that a little more in depth later in the show. Uh, Ankeny will talk a little more about what he's doing. But Cooper has something that he really needs to get off his chest because the Vikings are just a terrible excuse for an organization right now. Hey, hey, hey slow down. Let's, Let's see what he has to say. Cause... Okay, all right. So let me, like, okay, I went into this. Okay, listen to the last episode. You hear me and Parker say, well, I was confident that we were going to win the division. I did also have Vikings winning the division. It took six quarters of Vikings football for me to go from winning the division and competing in the playoffs to tanking for a quarterback. <laughs> Oof. I've already been talking about Friday. Who sounds good? Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, Justin Fields. So you're putting it all on Kirk Cousins? Uh, I mean, what, what about the defense? I mean, the Vikings lost so much from last year, you think? I really haven't watched them, so I, I don't know. But I mean, obviously, Cousins has got to be part of the problem. So, ran up on them, too. All right, so let me get into it. <laughs> we have one of the youngest defenses in the league. Daniil Hunter's hurt. We just lost Anthony Barr for the year. And we lost Xavier Rhodes and Trey Waynes and Mackenzie Alexander in our secondary. And honestly, I thought that could possibly be a positive because we have an extremely young cornerback core. Our oldest player is 24 in Holton Hill. And we had two rookies, one who looked really good in camp and Cameron Dantzler, who was our second rounder, and Jeff Gladney, who was our first pick in the first round this year. Is Harrison Smith still there? Yeah. We still have Harrison Smith, and we signed Anthony Harris to an extension. Um, oh, what, what about Anthony Barr? Anthony Barr just got hurt, and he's out for the year. So we do all that. We trade for Yannick Ngakwe, which was a very good move. He's actually looked like the best player on our defense so far. But I have not seen a Vikings team look this bad since oh, – I'm trying to think of the years. Was it 2011? 2016. It, it's it's about as bad as I've ever seen a Vikings team look in my lifetime. With T-Jack? Dude, T-Jack led us to the playoffs one year. Uh, who, was, who was quarterback in 2011? Like, Ponder? Um, that was the year Brett Favre, I think, got hurt. I, I don't know if Gus Farratt was still on our roster where he filled in. But um, we look terrible. And I've immediately – I've already started talking about tanking. And – is three. So do you think it's just an overreaction? Do you think they're going to turn around or like, what's the deal? I have seen zero things that make me think that we're going to turn around. So, so week 10 is the first time the Bears play the Vikings. That's at Soldier Field. What is that going to look like, do you think, in terms of what the Vikings have? And or I guess you want them to tank right now. Are they going to be in full tank mode by, by week 10? 
Well, that's I, awesome. I, I did not see us being home underdogs against the Titans, and that's what we are. Um, okay. <sighs> oh, it depends on if fans are there, honestly, because I, I was like, I was like, one of my biggest high hopes for the season was like, hey, Kirk Cousins is gonna be playing in front of no fans. Like, that's a huge positive. It's actually that is worse. So. You know, I guess I'm just gonna have to ride each go game by game, and then we'll see how it goes week ten. I mean, that's such a basic answer, but yeah, I'm gonna go. It's still super early. I know zero and two looks bad, but even there's still a lot of time. Yeah, even as so, our Bears fan, I guess, State of the Union address. We're two and all. We're happy, but we're not. We're also not overreacting. You know, those are two pretty shitty teams that we played in the Lions and Giants. Oh yeah, and the Giants lost Saquon halfway through. So like. Yeah, I, I will give you guys that. that well, besides the one quarter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the, I mean, the games that we should win, I think Mitch, out of the two games, I think he's put together three or four really solid quarters, and I'm not a Mitch Trubisky fan. Um, but I, I think he's he's definitely shown more progression from last year, which is promising. I think our defense is going to keep us in just about every game. So it's just if Mitch can just do just enough to get us to yeah. win, you know, and in some games that's just going to be playing well for two quarters, like we've seen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, one of my friends, Parker, you know him, high school friend, Bears season ticket holder, Danny Schreiker. Um, him and his dad talk a lot, and he's started. He's been very iffy on Mitch, but his dad. So he texts him and say, "Hey, that was a heck of a throw by Trubisky. It was a touchdown, I think, to." Uh, Anthony Miller a couple weeks ago. Yeah, the game and, winner. Yeah, the game winner. And um, his dad responds saying, wobble, 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 put in balls. Because <laughs> <laughs> he keeps saying that every single throw oh, yeah. is very wobbly. Oh, yeah. So. That, that was the same thing with the touchdown to Mooney against the uh, the Giants. Yeah, that, that was, was kind a, of a That huge. was a duck. But, but then he'll throw these, like, darts through – like three arms and yeah. fit into the smallest window. And then I'm like, you, you can, but you can't throw like a five yard check down or something like, but yeah, like on the game winning drive last week, I mean, there's a, there's a third down where he's evading traffic and he, he's mobile. He's very, oh, yeah. so he, he can still do those things. And I think one thing I've seen him out of him that has been very like positive is he's got a lot of good pocket presence, which is kind of surprising. He doesn't get sacked very often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's one huge thing that Trubisky has that I don't think Foles would have. I think I saw um, a stat on Twitter that that like the Bears' offensive line was like top five in like seconds that they're giving the quarterback in the pocket. So I think that's a big upgrade from last year. The Bears' offensive line was pretty bad last year. I think that's been one of the pluses so far, and is why Trubisky has definitely been better than last year. Yeah, for sure. I completely agree. Um, Parker, I don't know if you want to kind of take a review of our predictions that we've taken this year and kind of take a look at how it's been through two weeks. Yeah, uh, we can go through a couple because that might be a little time-consuming, but, I mean, we'll do the highlights. Yeah. Um, we can stay in the North. Yeah. Too. The biggest thing I want to get to, though, you and I both had the Cardinals making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They're 2-0 and right now, and Kyler Murray looks like an MVP candidate, and – they look really dangerous beat the former nfc champs and that team was was built for you know they they looked like they were just one or two pieces away or somebody had to develop like kyler murray had 
had to develop as a QB. They needed one more star. You got D Hop and Larry Fitzgerald with a mobile quarterback. I mean, that's that's scary. Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, Chandler Jones was one of the top sack leaders last year, and they they just beat the 49ers pretty handily. And that was also before they had all of their injuries against the Jets last week. They lost Nick Bosa, Solomon Thomas, Raheem Mostert, Kevin Coleman. I mean, the list goes on and on almost. They might not even have Jimmy G this week. So that division's getting three playoff teams. That was Arizona, LA, and Seattle are all two and oh. I had them in my predictions. I don't see two teams from the north or east making it. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I mean, the Rams have also looked pretty solid this year, even with their injury to Cam Akers at running back. But um, I don't know. I mean, their offense looks pretty solid. Um, defense is still not too bad. Um, I mean, there's still a lot of season left, obviously, but the early impressions look very – there's still a lot of questions to be answered. Yeah. Parker, I think you think football – you on the football team's bad? I, I am hopping on the uh, the football team. You know you know that one, the one football team. They're hey, one hey, right uh, now. Tied for first so, place, but we're winning the division, baby. Let's go. I, I will say I took them plus seven last weekend. They have surprised I like them. I like their defense, and I think Chase Young's a superstar. A beast yeah. already. He's Chase already won the best team. I – are we sold on Haskins as bring bring them no, to the playoffs? I, I don't I, think they're not gonna they're not gonna stay there. But the Cowboys don't look that good right now either. Yeah, that was I mean that was a good comeback against the Falcons, but uh, good comeback. Beat, I think one of those. That was the Falcons had a ninety nine point nine percent chance to win that game. Yeah, I mean they they always blow leads like that. Come on, like the Clippers. <laughs> it's embarrassing. Like I think it's embarrassing to be a Vikings fan right now. But imagine being a Falcons fan. Yeah. It's terrible. It's tough. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I mean it's it's ugly right now for them. Um any other things you want to get into with the NFL before we get back into last night's NBA? Um one thing, yeah. Or two things real quick. Packers have to cover them because the NFC North. Still not scared of Rodgers, not scared of the Packers. Don't think they're going to be playing this well the rest of the year. You heard it here first and check your pick. Number two, I, I semi agree with that, but you go on. Number two, have to give a shout out to our buddy, Will Buxton. Um, he's from Philly. He's a big Eagles fan. Hey, Buxy, Eagles are looking good right now, huh? They Carson go. Wentz. <laughs> I think they've been one of the most disappointing teams, definitely. At hey, Carson Wentz got booed in an empty stadium. At home. That's that's tough. And I, I need to watch uh, Mr. EDP's video. I, I haven't seen him give any updates on the Eagles recently. So Oh, I, I've, I've subscribed to him on YouTube, and I just look at the titles, and it's like the Eagles are once again a pathetic-ass organization. <laughs> just so like, he, has, so he has been releasing weekly videos too? Oh, it's daily almost. It's just all the time. Yeah. So I, I'd, I'd recommend go checking that out after you're done listening to this podcast. <clears throat> oh, one hundred percent. But um, anything else we got before we head into NBA? I think I'm good. That's it All for right. uh, football. NBA. So let's get into NBA talk real quick. Um, last night's Celtics Heat game, very entertaining. But I got to start it off with a guy who I am currently older than, and dropped 37 <laughs> points last night. Tyler Hero, 
holy shit is that guy good yeah yeah he He looks looks like uh big shots like he's he's been playing the league for years and he's a rookie yeah his confidence like for for a rookie i i don't know if if it's the veteran guys on the heat that say like dude you're you're a bucket you can score whenever you want but something about the dynamic of their team tyler hero is just fit in so well with them especially like i always i'm a big jimmy butler guy and i always had an issue when in Philadelphia and Minnesota where he was he was there for one year on each of those teams he got kind of called a bad teammate I think he's one of the the big reasons that Tyler Hero has broken out I think when you play alongside a a top 10-15 player like that in in Butler I think that's got to help Hero just in terms of his mentality guy to look up to Mm -hmm. I think shout out Jimmy the biggest problem with Jimmy when he was with the Sixers and the T-Wolves is he was already going to places where there was someone that was there before him. Yeah. And so there was always that clash of personalities because, I mean, even on the Bulls, like, Jimmy had problems with, like, D-Rose and everyone else in the Bulls, too. Mm-hmm. He's just, like, a, a typical alpha dog person. But uh, I think it's perfect. Like, the, Heat, the Heat's organization was literally – looking at this team now, like, they had probably the best offseason that I've ever seen because their team works so well that it's – it works like a team. Like Kendrick Perkins said, they're kind of like the 2004 Pistons where there's not really one star, but just kind of, you know, uh, you know win by committee. And that's like, that's pretty much what the Heat are doing now. Bam, yeah. Jimmy Butler, Dragic is playing out of his mind. Obviously, Hero. I mean, they haven't even had Kendrick Nunn, too, who yeah. was, was, was he first team all rookie? Yeah, I think he was yeah. second. He was, he was third in uh, the rookie of the year voting. Yeah. Which was kind of surprising. Kind of like that. I feel yeah. like I want to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I want to give another huge shout out to Bam out of bio. I mean, that guy's a superstar. He's a big He's as good a pick and roll player as I've seen in years. I mean, it, yeah. it, they were talking about it on, uh, I don't know if it was NBA countdown or inside the NBA, but when they run the pick and roll with Goran Dragic and Bam out of bio, what they try and do is they don't want to force Goran Dragic less. Or they, they, they don't want, yeah, they don't want to have him go left but if they run the pick and roll with him and bam it's either you're gonna get an easy jump shot out of goran dragic or it's a lob to bam and a bio and nobody can stop it it's right. such a weird duo but they just like little things like that um i i hot take for me i think bam's gonna be the best big man in the league coming in the next two years somebody already said he is yeah uh, yeah at least in the east he's playing like it right now he's, you guys he's unbelievable yeah. Are you guys giving the Celtics any chance of coming back or winning any any games? No. Not from 3-1. Yeah. No. I, I think the, person that, the personalities on the Heat, Eric Spolstra and, and the Heat organization, Pat Riley, like, they're winners. They don't they don't blow yeah. 3-1 leads. They're right. not the Clippers. I'm with you. Yep. They've seen it before. They don't have playoff P, playoff <laughs> pandemic P on their team where they can just have a superstar they pay millions of dollars for. Yeah. Playoff Dragic. I mean, yeah, they. Sorry to interrupt, but they don't need to have a superstar duo like every single team seems to have right now. They just have a complete team with a deep roster that competes and produces on a nightly basis, and yeah. it's really impressive. So, Cooper, you're you're saying your your bold prediction is Bam being one of the or, or the I think you said the best big man in the NBA the next couple of years. Do you think either of the guys in the Western Conference still alive have anything to say about that? Uh, Jokic yeah. and Davis? 
I do know Anthony Davis still plays. I'm aware of that. <laughs> and Jokic. I think Bam Adebayo could absolutely be on that level. Also, we're forgetting about Giannis, too. Giannis and plays a three, but he's just taller than everybody. Yeah. Mm, that's the thing, though. If he develops it's as a big It's tough to put him man, in the same category. I, I don't know. He just, I think he just has a different play style, but he's still a big man. But he plays like a Kevin Durant. But I still consider Kevin Durant a big man, you know? Without the shooting, like the the handling and playmaking, I see what you mean. I just think Bam's been playing as a guy that's in the paint a lot. Like, you know, I don't know. I don't but know. No, he, Bam does lead the fast break, and he does run plays from the top of the key. Yeah, too. I mean, he does that, and Joe also does that too. The Nuggets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Nuggets run basically everything through Jokic, mm-hmm. just with his passing ability and. Yeah, which, by the way, we are recording this episode before the Lakers-Nuggets game tonight as well. Um, it's going to be interesting. I don't know. It, it's 3-1 right now, right? Uh, yeah, 2-1. 2-1. It's 2-1. Okay. Um, it's weird to think that Jamal Murray – the two real big stars, if not three, um, in the bubble right now, you think of Jamal Murray, Tyler Hero, Anthony Davis – all from Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. interesting to say the least. Yeah. Only AD's got AD's the only one with the ship. Our Hoosiers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hoosiers beat Jamal Murray. And yeah. then Carolina wiped the floor with them. But hey, <laughs> Christian Watford did have that buzzer beater against Kentucky. That was that was electric. <laughs> he did have that one. Um, but yeah, Coop, tonight, my prediction, I think it's a lock for the Lakers. And I think either team is really going to be fine with the outcome. In fact, I might, I wouldn't be surprised if the Nuggets try and blow this game just so they can go down 3-1. <laughs> because I think they thrive in those situations. Do, do we know yet if the Lakers will be wearing the Mamba jerseys tonight? Ooh, that's they don't lose in those. That's true. They don't if lose. the Lakers ever wear the Mamba jerseys, you take – you put money on whatever the spread is every yeah. single time. I did that before. Always works. Plus, you got angry LeBron coming out tonight. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Bron- Bronny's been home smoking on them greens while LeBron's away. He's got him upset yeah. in the bubble. I- I'm ready. I'm waiting for LeBron to go off. I-, I think he's sick of all this Anthony Davis talk. Yeah, Bronny's smoking doobies back in uh, L.A. L.A., yeah. So, do we all come to a consensus on our uh, – what, what do you heat think is Lakers. this Nuggets – yeah, Heat he, Celtics, we have the Heat. What is the uh, – I think it's Heat Lakers. Yeah. yeah. Heat La- okay. I'm with that. How many games, though, against the Nuggets? I think they win the next two. I think they win in five. I think the Nuggets get one more. Same. I don't I don't think it will be tonight. Uh I think they get one more. I think Jamal Murray has one more 40, 50-point game. Yeah, I agree. I think they're going to go six. Okay. Um, then, I think uh, LeBron gets uh, triple-doubles in next, these next two games, and I think he takes over as a point forward. And I expect Anthony Davis to have one of the really big scoring nights too. Yeah. Also for the Lakers, I need to give a shout-out to playoff Rondo. Yeah. Rondo, I oh. love watching him play. I mean, he's so smooth. The passes he makes and, like, the defensive steals and rotations that he has. It's, from a basketball standpoint, 
he's fun to watch. Yeah, exactly. What I was going to say he he's been playing very good defense lately, and yeah. it's really not something you expect out of him. But he's been lights out when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. And even just like running the offense, he takes so much pressure off LeBron. You put him in a pick and roll with like Dwight or Javale, it's like an automatic lob. So like when he's running the floor, I think the Lakers. When Rondo's on and making threes with LeBron and AD, and they play Caruso with them all the time. Yeah. But um, I really can't see anybody beating that team. I think I think the Lakers beat the Heat as much as I want and love the Heat. I think the Lakers are going to win. They're going to win this next series. They're going to win this series in six, next series in five. Gentlemen, sweep. Yeah. I see. I- I don't think the Heat could beat the Lakers in a four-game series in a four-game series or seven-game series. Um, I, I think they w- might take one or two games. I think their luck kind of runs out against the Lakers. Um, you talked about Bam. I I don't see I, Anthony Davis is just a lot bigger than Bam. Too. Um, so whether they whether or not and they Justin's go down low, yeah. So I think the Heat Heat's luck run runs out. In the finals, mm-hmm. and that's the thing yeah. too. In the playoffs, like you need firepower, you need stars in the playoffs. And Jimmy Butler is the guy that has to go toe to toe with LeBron or Anthony Davis like every single night, because you really can't be expecting, you know, Tyler Hero to be going off like this in his first NBA Finals game as a yeah. rookie. So, I mean, all the power to him if he can. I'm rooting for him, but. I just don't see it happening, you know? No, I definitely see that. Um, yeah, I I think the Lakers, when it comes to the experience of LeBron, um, it's just hard not to pick against them right now, even though the Heat are 11-2 and two in the postseason right now. Mm-hmm. And another stat I heard last night, Tyler Hero scored double digits in every single postseason game, which yeah. is just – Yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah. It's absurd. <laughs> but – Again, I don't know if I can really pick against the Lakers right now until we see that matchup, if we see that matchup. I mean, I remember our last episode, I it was 3-1 Clippers when we recorded it. That's true. I said, yeah, I, I think the Clippers just pulled it off. And obviously they didn't. So anything yeah. can happen. We don't know. That's but, true. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. That's just the biggest thing. Um, do we want to transition to baseball right now? Yeah, I got I got one NBA point. Oh, go ahead. Let's okay, talk yeah. about Billy Donovan and the Bulls. Oh, how about, yes. How about it? We have to we have to bring that up. I'm very excited about that. Forgot yeah. about that. Hey, congrats. New coach, fourth overall pick, Kobe White back. Zach no more guard packs. No guard packs. I'm feeling it next Karna year. Karna Silvis is, is he's a power hitter, dude. He went out, got his guy. You know, dude, I mean, I can't agree more. The players around the NBA loved it. The NBA is better when the Bulls are good. Yes. It always is. Mm-hmm. And Billy Donovan, I mean, he got hired uh, while KD and Russell Westbrook were there. Loses both of them and never missed a postseason with the Thunder. Five seasons, five postseasons. How, how early or what do you guys think the time frame is in terms of expectations for the Bulls? to get back to the playoffs. Are we saying year two of Donovan, we're expecting it? I would I would say this year. Maybe year even two. grab the eight I mean, Because at this year point, one. 
I mean, Levine is – there's already been rumors about him, you know, kind of displeased with the organization. But maybe that was just because of Boylan or Gar Pax. Hopefully all that stuff changes. But, I mean, it's about time – you know, Laurie's hitting his fourth, fifth season. Like, he, he should start – either take that next step or dump him. Same thing with uh, Chris Dunn. You know, he they either got to take that next step or, like, you got to move on. Yeah. Um, Levine's a star now, and I think he's only going to get better, but it's those pieces around him that we're just waiting on and waiting on to develop, like Wendell Carter and Kobe mm-hmm. White. Like, they have to take that next step in the next year or two because all these other teams have – all these other young teams have already taken that step, and the Bulls have been in this process for, like, what, three years now? Yeah. Who are you thinking with the fourth pick? Obi. I like Obi. Everybody's talking about Obi. Mm-hmm. I've I've heard a lot of ain't no stopping Obi Toppin. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I'm gonna get used to that if they actually end up taking it with the fourth pick. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a perfect hire for the Bulls. Um, yeah. That's something that fell right into their hands. I think Jim Boylan was. I mean, I, I almost feel bad for him because he was just played as a puppet to yeah. John Paxson, and he just did whatever they said, and he was just so clueless. And you could tell that Zach Levine was visibly upset with him. And hiring a guy like Billy Donovan, I mean, you've already gotten the vocal support from Zach Levine saying, this is a good coach, this is a good hire. Mm -hmm. So if you can get the support of your best player, that is a huge positive that can get the ball rolling in the right direction for Chicago Bulls. Yeah. Yeah. Also, quick little note about that signing too. Uh, Bradley Beal did tweet out in response to that signing saying, that's a great hire. So possibly Bradley Beal to the Bulls. That's all I'm saying. His salary. That's the same. Bradley Beal again. He played for Billy Donovan at Florida. They were the. Was he on the Final Four team or was he on the Elite Eight team? Um, he wasn't on the team that won. With that was Joakim. I know he's not that old. I know when uh, when Chioza hit the shot against Wisconsin. I don't think it was earlier than that. It was the year they beat Dayton in the Elite Eight and lost in the Final Four to Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. With like Kentucky like with like Patrick Young was their big man. Oh yeah. Yeah, no. It was the uh the weird twenty thirteen year where it was a one number one overall seed Florida playing against Dayton as a number eleven seed. That number eleven seed Dayton upset Ohio State and Aaron Kraft in the first round. Yeah. We're seeing that. The classic Aaron Kraft picture of him with with his arms behind his under Cobra on the floor. I remember seeing that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I That's think, all I got for NBA, though. Yeah. Let's get into some MLB talk. Jack, I know you're a big MLB fan. Yeah. Um, it's weird. I have not been watching a whole lot of baseball, but the way it looked last week, I was just expecting the Twins to be the number two seed in the AL Central. All of a sudden, last night, Jose Ramirez, three-run shot to beat the White Sox. Yeah. We win against the Tigers. Now the Twins have a half-game lead on the White Sox to be the number two seed overall in the AL and possibly avoid playing against the Yankees again. Yeah. It could have been another sweep. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. You're scared of them. That's why. <laughs> I, I Okay. I have lived through 2006, 2009, 2010, 2017, and 2019. Yeah, me too. Um, every single series, except for 2006 – was against the Yankees. Really? A, a single game of those. <laughs> swept in 2009, swept in 2010, 
were bad until 2017 wild card game at the Yankee Stadium, lose even after having a 4-0 lead in the top of the first, 2019 swept by the Yankees. Yeah. So you're saying if they don't have to see the Yankees, the Twins got a shot at the World Series. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I, I like the Twins. You're saying you like them. I do. Um, you know, the Sox went on that huge tear kind of in the last third of the season that they've definitely cooled off. I think they've lost the last six of eight. Um, mm-hmm. but the Twins have been pretty consistent throughout the year. Um, I think they need Jose Barrios to really step up in the playoffs to, to kind of be their ace. I know Maeda has been their best pitcher this year. Um but Barrios, he's got crazy stuff if you watch him. Um, and I think oh, they yeah, want for sure. No, and then I want to butt in a little bit. Um, yeah. So our manager, Rocco Baldelli, he came out with the pitching rotation for our first series. Okay. Maeda one, Barrios two, and Pineda three. Okay. And I feel a lot more comfortable putting Barrios at a number two spot because he's always been our ace when it comes to – well, not 2017 because we had Irvin Santana, which was kind of weird. But 2019, last year, he got rocked in the first game. It took a couple innings for him to kind of – I mean, he started off well, but he got really torn apart coming to fourth or fifth inning. I think if he has a veteran guy like Maeda who has World Series experience in front of them, that will make him feel a lot more comfortable if he can get off to a good start in game two. Mm -hmm. So there's a really huge – it's not like – you got to really think about it, but I really think that could help Rios a ton. Who do the Twins finish the season with? Do you they know who they're going to a three-gamer against Cincinnati starting on Friday. Cincinnati's hot, too. Yeah, they're, they're I know. To That's going to be a great but, season. Uh, what's good is we don't have to come up against Trevor Bauer. Yeah, he, yeah, he just pitched yesterday, right? Yeah. yeah, he just pitched yesterday. So that's a that's a huge positive, at least for me. I think mm-hmm. our last guy we have to go up against is Luis Castillos. But, um, I those, are some, those are some big uh, – AL and NL Central uh, series, Twins, Reds, and then we yeah. got Cubs, Sox. That's going to be exciting. Oh, Cubs, Sox, finish of the year. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it. All right. Yeah. Go so, give your oh, little playoffs. Cubs, Reds. In my notes that I, I did a little preparing for this, and I, I wanted to write stuff about the Cubs, but I know I can just talk about it, so I just wrote Cubs, comma, ugh. <laughs> Which ugh. Is, I mean, today I'm all. I wake up, I check my phone. I'm like, "Oh, Cubs got they got a day game today, 135. Let's go. Let's get let's get some homework done early. Let's watch the Cubs." <laughs> and they lose seven nothing to the Pirates, uh, who are one of the who's probably one of the worst teams in Major League Baseball in the last decade. I I I think they are. They yeah. suck. They have McCutcheon. Yo, what was the pitching matchup today? It was Alec Mills, no hitter. No hitter guy, Alec Mills, uh, and Chad Cool. What a name, Chad Cool. Uh, and Chad and Chad Cool no hit the Cubs through six innings. Um, so I mean, right now it's just a huge mess with with the lineup. I was I was talking to some of my friends from school that are from high school that are big Cubs fans, and we we're just saying like the chances of Bryant, Baez, Rizzo, Schwarber, Contreras, our big five guys, all having by far and away their worst seasons, like all at the same time. And the fact that none of them besides Contreras for like two weeks has been able to break out of that slump. You know, I like Rizzo had two home runs in the pirate series, but I think they were both solo shots and they just can't something about their offense. Like you keep thinking it's going to wake up and it just doesn't. And at the start of the year, everyone's like, Oh, 
bullpen's going to kill him. It's, it's like, it's like Cody Parkey. You knew all year he was bad and he's going to kill you in the playoffs. That's the Cubs bullpen. Cubs bullpen has been the best bullpen in the ML in MLB in September. You've been going. Yeah. I mean, here, not to interrupt too. I mean, you got you Darvish in a Cy Young conversation. I mean, in a three game series, no one wants to see Darvish Hendricks Lester like that. Lester obviously isn't who he used to be, but in a big game situation, like there's not a ton of guys that I pick over him, just his experience and, and just his gutsy performances that we've seen. So, I, I mean, I'm still, they're probably going to see, I think either the Marlins or the Phillies in the first round. And just because of our pitching, I, I like them in a, in a three game series, but I'm, I'm worried because all season I've said they're going to wake up and they just haven't referring to the offense. So. Yeah, I mean, I know the Cubs, I think they're still comfortably in a NL Central lead. Yeah. Um, I think it's three and a half. Yeah, and you said that they're probably going to play the Phillies or Marlins. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just – the only two players I'd be worried about in the Phillies are Bryce Harper and because yeah. of my PTSD watching Vinny Gregorius play baseball. I mean, yeah. he's been – he hasn't even had a good year. But he hit a grand slam against us last year and had the most lackadaisical backflip I've ever seen. And it was just like, yeah, this team sucks. <laughs> yeah. And, and when kind of you look at the, the other second-place finishers around the NL, I think the Cubs would luck out playing the, the Marlins and the Phillies because they're not going to be able to hit Bauer, Castillo, Sonny Gray if they play the Reds in the first round. They don't want to see uh, Clevenger, Zach Davies, and Lamette on the Padres. I think those would be nightmare first rounds. Um, so I think if, if they get a, a Marlins or Phillies draw, I'd feel really good about that. But overall, uh, outlook on the Cubs, it has not been good recently. Yeah, um, but I will say I did look at CBS Sports today. I could be wrong, but I think I saw something about Clevenger having an injury that could have held him out for a little bit. So he um, did give he did give up a bunch of runs yesterday. So I didn't see if he got pulled because of an injury, but he did uh, he did not pitch well yesterday. Yeah, no, uh, he he got pulled early. He only threw twelve pitches yesterday, and then he had, uh, he got an MRI. Oh, okay. Um, he had some bicep tightness, so I don't know what exactly what's going on with that. But if he's out for a little bit of uh, time, that's a huge deal, I think, for the Padres. Yeah. Oh yeah. And the Padres have been one of my favorite teams that are not the Cubs, just yeah. in terms of their excitement. I love. One hundred percent agree. I love Fernando Tatis. Yeah. He's he's electric. He's, yeah. I love, you know, this year with baseball because I used to play pay attention to baseball a lot more than I than I do now, but I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of excitement coming back to baseball, and I think it's largely due to the players um, just kind of being open to, like, the competitiveness about yeah. baseball. So, like, you know, the other day I saw the little banter between Tim Anderson and, and Bauer, and I, mm-hmm. I thought it was great because, you know – NBA always sees Twitter drama and stuff that happens off the court. And you don't hear about that stuff in the MLB as much. And the fact that both of them just like are open to it and are competitive about it. I think that's, what's making baseball so exciting. Like Tatis hitting the, uh, the grand slam when it was, you know, a three Oh count. I mean, you play to the end of the game. I I mean, I just like that. There's a lot of guys that are bringing that competitiveness back to baseball. Yeah. And another player to add on to that, um, the other day, you see Amir Garrett with a 3-2 count, and he just looks at himself and says, I'm a bad motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> slider away, slider inside, and just strikes the guy out. Yeah. That's dope. I like that. 
Well, I, th I think what's really to Parker's point kind of about the excitement, I think people want to see rivalries like between individual players. What we like in the NBA all the time is seeing, you know, Westbrook and, and Dame going at each yeah. other, yapping at each other during the game. That's what people want. And when they see a matchup like Bauer who could win the Cy Young, Tim Anderson, who is an MVP candidate this year, they like to see rivalries like that. And I think mm -hmm. that really helps the MLB. Exactly. And I think the biggest thing the MLB needs to do is – well, one, their blackout TV deal on MLB.com is the dumbest thing on the planet. <laughs> and the biggest thing you should do is make games accessible for every single person that can possibly watch it. And two, I mean, just market the guys. I know they've been trying to market Mike Trout mostly like lately, but it doesn't help when the Angels are bad. Even they, when they hit Anthony Rendon, they're still they, bad. I just surround him with talent and they something about the Angels. I don't know. I don't know, but um, you got you anything got, else before we get to World Series picks? I don't have one yet, but, I mean, obviously I'm going to say the favorites. Uh, the Dodgers, I think, are coming out of the NL as much as I want the Cubbies to. I think they just have way too much firepower. Yeah. Um, and then out of the AL, I mean, I was saying Yankees, obviously, at the beginning of the season, but they're struggling. Um, but I think when it comes down to playoffs, I think Yankees – I'd love to see Yankees-Dodgers because I feel like these have been the – two mm -hmm. biggest teams best teams in the league for the past couple of years and we haven't seen them face off yeah because of the the astros who are just cheaters <laughs> but uh i mean two big markets two good teams two teams that i don't really like but i would love to see go at yeah. each other i think the yankees out of any team if, if they get hot they're they have the most dangerous lineup in the baseball in baseball even including the dodgers mm -hmm. um i mean but the dodgers got to get over the hump they've made i think the nlcs the last or four or five years it yeah. seems like um they got to get over the hump i i think this this year they might have their oscar do it yeah um i think it's pretty unanimous to say the dodgers are going to be the team that comes out of the nl because i mean they just I, I can't find a weak spot i mean their only real bad position i can think of is what left field and what chris taylor i think is their left fielder uh, yeah. i mean other than that you got Mookie betts and cody bellinger i those are two guys that are Arguably top five in the MLB in play, just as hitters. Yeah. And then out of the AL, I mean, I think this is about as wide open a playoffs as it could possibly be in the AL. I agree. Though the Yankees have been dealing with injuries lately, even though they're probably the most complete roster. Um, I, I think the bubble will help them the most because if they host home games, like, I mean, you have that short porch and right. I mean, if you have lefties hitting there, they're going to hit home runs. Yeah. Um, How so far do you think, think it's anybody's game? You think – would you be surprised if the Twins make it to the World Series? I mean, yeah, I would be. I'd be surprised if – I mean, the Rays are going to be the one seed, and then I yeah. think it's going to be Oak, either Minnesota or Oakland at two. And then at It'll four, it's going to be Chicago, and then – I don't know. It's going to be really confusing. Yeah. I mean, I was kind of thinking – uh before the podcast like running through who I, I think you're right about this being super wide open in the al um i do like the rays i mean they don't really have any household name superstars but they have a lineup of guys that just hit and and their their starting pitching consistently is is has been really solid all year one team that i will say that i think can beat the dodgers in the nl it is not the cubs it is the Atlanta Braves, and they are my pick yes, yes. for the to be the NL champion over the. What, what's your What's your explanation for that? Like, 
they got a frontline ace in Max Freed, the lefty. He can he can neutralize lineups and, and they got a five tool player in Ronald Acuna, dude. Yes, yeah, Ronald Acuna and Freddie, Freddie Freeman, Freeman is having the best year of his career this year. Yeah, best year. And they have someone Marcelo Zuna is low key having an, an MVP year. Seventeen homers, fifty four RBIs, betting three twenty seven. I mean, I I think the Braves. I I really like the Braves, and I, I'm I'm a huge Cubs fan. I do not want the Cubs seeing any part of the Braves. Yeah. No, I completely agree with that. Um, I mean, they've got a young team, too. Ozzy always is second with Danzy Swanson at uh, shortstop. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they've, just got a, they've got good gloves along with a good hitting team. And I mean, you don't want to face the top part of their lineup because they're just so deep. Like, they're very dangerous. I don't know how, like, deep their roster is completely. But you don't want to face their one through four or one through five. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's dangerous. Good. It's dangerous to see. Yeah. Um, another thing I want to mention too, when it comes to the AL, um, I don't know how good they'll be this year, but I think the Toronto Blue Jays have shown exactly what they could be in the yep. future. They've got Bobachet, Vladdy Jr., and um, Biggio. Kevin Biggio, oh, yeah. with Young Jin Ryu as their ace right now. It is, yeah, yeah, nice. um. I saw a video of Boba Shett hitting earlier this year. I think he's going to be an absolute superstar. Yeah. Along with Vladdy Jr., I don't know how well Kevin Biggio is going to be in the league, but Toronto is going to be dangerous for years to come. I agree. Count on that. Bring a, bring a World Series back to the six. Yeah, they went back-to-back in 93-94. They're yeah. playing all their home games in Buffalo this year. So. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Who Mafia? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yep. Um, you guys got anything else for MLB? I'm good on MLB. Good on MLB. Um, well, Jack, I think we can leave the floor to you if you just want to talk about a little bit, like what you do at the university, like when it comes to your sports journalism major, and like yeah. what you're trying to get into with broadcasting or anything outside of that too. Um, if you just want to talk about it, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's pretty interesting to talk about. Yeah, uh, so pretty much going back, to, like, from high school, I, I did, like, the school newspaper in high school, and I broadcasted all the uh, home basketball and football games in uh, my junior and senior year, and that's kind of where it started. I I kind of had it in my mind. I always wanted to, to do something in kind of the sports media world, um, and I've always really had a kind of a good knack for writing, I, I think. Um, that's kind of been something that I think I'm I'm good at um and pretty much at school I uh my freshman year I joined it's called the Hoosier Network it's a student-run media web it's a just a website hoosiernetwork.com you can type that in um and pretty much what we try to do is we try to be a little bit different from a lot of the other sports media outlets on campus um whether that just be a newspaper or just other there's a hundred Hoosiers sports sites that you could look up we just try to kind of bring that different coverage and so my uh my freshman year and in in the fall and winter I kind of bounced around helping our out just wherever I could get my foot in the door and then baseball um in the spring I uh I was lucky enough to kind of get on the baseball beat um writing writing articles for them interviewing the players uh did a couple uh play-by-play games on on WIUX radio um, and that kind of allowed me to last year, my sophomore year, I covered the women's basketball team, which was awesome. 
No, I got to be a great season. Got to be in assembly hall, like Parker, Mm -hmm. uh, a lot, um, which was really cool. Yeah, like Parker said, one of their better seasons in program history. And then uh, this fall, I'm covering the football team. So um, it kind of seemed like at first that really until about a week ago that we weren't going to have a season, which really sucked. But, um, you know, we're back up and rolling with that. We've had a couple of press conferences on Zoom with Tom Allen. I'm just talking about the season, talking about all the different COVID protocols. Um, And so I'm excited. You know, it kind of sucks to see around college football. Like Notre Dame just had a game get canceled this weekend. So hoping that uh, that doesn't sweep a little bit lower in Indiana down to Bloomington. Um, (laughs) I mean, we know it already has. But, yeah, yeah, I'm excited for for football. We do – with the Hoosier Network, I pretty much um, – what something I really like about them, they give me freedom to write um, different stories that I want. They just – cool. kind of our motto is, like – they told me in my freshman year, they're like, if what you do is good, we'll post it. So they're, they they really give me a lot of freedom to write different articles, stuff. Like I, I just released a, a top five most intriguing matchups for the Big Ten football season for okay. Indiana. Okay. You guys want to check that out? I thought. Yeah. Well, definitely. Hey, well, what what do you uh, post your articles on? Make sure you plug that. in. Yeah. So you guys can uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Ankeny underscore Jack. Ankeny. I'll retweet all my uh, Hoosier Network stuff. Also follow the Hoosier Network on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just at the Hoosier Network. Um, yeah, really excited to get going with the fall football season and everything around that. You can listen to our IU football podcast, the Hoosier Network. Um, at pretty much everything yeah. around it, yeah. Yeah, Coop, they, I mean, like, that's what I was telling you before. I was like, we got to get this guy on the podcast because he's the real deal. I know you, Coop, is a sports journalism major too, so, like, I knew you guys would click really well. Oh, but, for sure, uh, yeah. Like, I mean, I think Jack came on and did a great job on the podcast. Seemed pretty, pretty natural, you know, just three guys talking about sports. Yeah. But um, what, Jack, one question I want to ask you is, what would be your dream job um, coming out? So, I mean – Coop, you can answer too because you guys are have both similar paths. But what are you guys trying to eventually do after college with that? Yeah, I mean, I think from what I've heard around, like, and just people that I've known that go to IU, like, it's not a, kind of a career path that you're going to, like, easily get into. Mm-hmm. So it's something that you kind of think, like, maybe the first couple of years after college, like, you're not going to get big-time jobs, but it's kind of about about that – the work that you put in towards it. I mean, I've always wanted to be some kind of uh, like beat writer or, or on the radio for whether it be MLB or college basketball are kind of the two sports that I follow the closest. Um, so I've always wanted to get some kind of job covering a team in, uh, in the MLB or college basketball has kind of been the vision. Yeah. If you had a preference to cover like one team or just be a general uh, reporter um, for like say ESPN or yeah. NBC or something. I mean, I, what, would, what would be your dream like, job? I've, I think in high school it was to be kind of like the Jesse Rogers for the Cubs. But mm. I think if I ever worked professionally, I don't think I could handle covering a team <laughs> that I root for That's because true, yeah. it would being that close to everything. It would just I think it would just drive me crazy. I mean, Portnoy um, kind of does it. Uh, no, he doesn't do that. Not not as much. Not yeah. Right. So I don't know. Um, some kind of writing or, or a radio job for ESPN has kind of always been the, the dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same here. I mean, 
my goal so there's a radio station in minneapolis it's a uh, kfan fm 100.3 and they are very like laid back and they talk all minnesota sports and honestly they go outside of the sports realm a couple times they kind of go about like entertainment and things like that um well i've listened to their morning radio show a couple times and i just love the way they do things i like how like they just act like they're like five best friends just talking about things and like they every single friday they do this thing called the initials game and it's crazy like how popular it is in minneapolis like my dad listens to it every friday and uh we were on vacation earlier this summer and we were talking and my dad's like nope you cannot interrupt me during the initials game no way is it that serious but i guess it is so if i was in any way involved with that kind of radio station where i could connect to a community that not only was i born in but i just like feel like i can relate to so much um that's a dream job but obviously that's a reach and that's also something i would have to work for for a long time so it's just not going to come easy I mean, I'm, hell, I'm still a student, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah. I got a lot of time. We got time. Has anyone ever told you guys you guys got voices for radio? Uh, <laughs> a little bit. Somebody told me when I was younger that I just would used to announce everything that I did. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's like a hint or something, but yeah. I don't know. I, I, I feel that. like I kind of did it on the podcast today, but sometimes people just say like, I'm just trying to have a sports conversation with you and like, you just won't shut up. Like, I don't know if I did that a little today, but no, 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 I like that though. <laughs> Always. Coop, Coop goes on, on rambles all the time. So, you know, Oh, if I get mad about something, especially with the Vikings, like I could go on for days. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I held it today, but I, I definitely had a lot more to say. Who do the Vikings have week three? We got Tennessee at home. Yeah, that's tough. Must win, can't lose. Uh, I want to say a must win. Okay, must win or else full tank mode. So, <laughs> I mean, I've already got Justin Fields and Trey Lance in mind. So, I yeah. just to tell you that right now. <laughs> well, thanks for bringing that back full circle because we started with the Vikings. But uh, Ankeny, thank you for coming yeah, on today. I think you me. did awesome. Ton of fun. Great job, Coop. As always. Absolutely, yeah. Thank you, Jeff, for coming on to the show. Um, yeah, no, that's all for that's all we got for this week. Um, I might post a special little Sunday football slate of bets if I really feel like it. Oh, yeah. I've been doing that sometimes, but I didn't post it because, you know what, I don't know. But we might be uh, back with some with some polls, too. Yeah, we'll definitely – we're going to try and be more on social media because I've had a – for surprisingly, my school year has been very not so busy. Yeah, so I've been, I've been pretty pretty busy, but we'll figure stuff out. Well, you're also in the Kelly School of Business. I'm not. Hey, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not wrong. Hey, I, come on. You don't have to kids and hype Kelly. me up like that. No, I'm trying to say that you're smart. I'm not. I'm, I'm not saying I'm dumb, but like Kelly School of Business is some <laughs> real shit. I just got a lot, a lot of stuff on my plate, so. No, I get that. But um, anyways, that's our show. Um, enjoy the outro that I'm going to put in here today. Um, I found it from a video game. And uh, enjoy it. And we'll see you guys next episode.
begin You're in too deep to go back again Cash is pay to play You want more hits than lemonade No, you don't own me You don't even know me This vagabond with a two-part path to the great beyond Say genuine, a ground floor up, I can help you find You're a dreamer, call me when you're beavered And when they play it, you can't help but sing along That's nothing odd, that's nothing wrong Cause a good song never dies It just reminds you of where you were The first time it made you cry The first time you felt alive No good song never Cry the first time you felt alive No good song 